Hello, welcome back to Crazy Effing Mommy, episode 123. I'm your host, Elise Delucci. We are here in New York City. How you doing, baby? Mm. I'm drinking my coffee without milk. Black. You know what a horror that is? A horror, okay? A couple years ago, I was telling you I was having dessert coffee. I was going to Starbucks, getting a white chocolate mocha with extra whip. And when the whip would run out, I'd go into the freezer, get a dollop of ice cream, put the ice cream on top. Oh, my God. Like heaven. Like butter. If Nick Onstein was butter to Fanny Bryce, a.k.a. Bob Streisand's character in Funny Girl, then the white chocolate mocha with extra whip from Starbucks to Elise DeLucci is like the butter factory, okay? It was like the butter factory. You know who didn't love it though? My waistline, that's who, okay? So right now, I'm just drinking black coffee. I'm forcing myself to like it. I don't care. I'm on day four of a sugar detox. I was doing coffee with uh, soy milk and sugar forever, black coffee, soy milk and sugar. And then I tried, you know, the monk fruit, which, by the way, the extract has a little aftertaste, the actual monk fruit sugar, like in the packets. You could buy, order them on Amazon, whatever. The brand is Lacanto. It's probably like Lacanto, but, you know, I'm saying it. Lacanto. Okay. That doesn't have an aftertaste. But the thing is, is even if you put a monk, monk fruit extract or monk fruit sugar or stevia or truvia, whatever, whatever you're putting in your coffee is a sugar alternative or a sugar replacement, it is still tricking your brain into needing that sweetness. So obviously, so I'm trying to do it black and I hate it. Such is life. All right. I need to talk to you about the collapse of one of the best and largest uh, crypto trading platforms, FTX. I got a couple questions from friends. What the hell went on with Sam Bankman Freed? I'm hearing all about this in the news. And I said, okay, let me talk about it on the podcast. Uh, in layman's terms, not not a long-winded thing. Let, okay, Sam Bankman-Fried, also known as SBF, uh, was a huge deal, or is still, I mean, a huge deal in the cryptocurrency world, okay? He is, um, he was, is, we don't know, founder of Almeida Research, founder of FTX, was a, with, which is a cryptocurrency exchange. FTX, uh, is an exchange like Binance, like Coinbase, like Gemini, okay? In stock world, the, the crypto exchange, equivalent to E-Trade, Vanguard, you know, Fidel, that kind of thing, right? Okay. But also, and just so you know, like, it's not it's not necessarily like the nice it's like not a market, it's an exchange. Like, I can have an account on Coinbase and go, buy and sell crypto. Got it? Capiche? Okay, moving on. Mm. Okay. I've talked about SBF before. A lot of people talked about SBF because everybody thought he was he was the next Warren Buffett. In fact, Fortune Magazine put on their cover, Sam Bankman-Fried is the next Warren Buffett, or could he be? He is a 30-year-old kid. He's an MIT uh, physics graduate. He's huge into the nerd culture, okay? Like a lot of 30-year-old kids, wore shorts and flip-flops to work. I think I told you a long time ago, he slept on a beanbag chair, 
in the office right before meetings. His company's headquartered in the Bahamas. Then it moved. It will start. Then it moved to Hong Kong. His parents are graduates of Stanford Law Law School. Very smart people. Okay. And he fooled a lot of investors. Everybody thought he was the next Warren Buffett. Everybody thought he is a genius. He is a genius. He's an evil genius. Okay. Let's get that out of the way. He's a genius, but he is an evil genius. Almeida Research, he founded in 2015. Okay. To give you an idea of what crypto world was in 2015, I got involved at the end of 2016. Okay. I bought Ethereum. Uh, 2017 for $200 a coin. Now, I don't know what it's trading at today, but you could look, it's, you know, doubled, quadruple, I don't know, whatever the the term is, but it was early. 2015 was early for crypto. Bitcoin was around, but 2015 was super early, right? So there was a bunch of us that were in at the ground level, right? A lot of us were tech people, uh, finance people, fintech curious, maybe digital people. Fintech wasn't even a term then, just to give you an idea. So anyway, this kid, right? Small kid. He was a trader at uh, Jane Street and he moved over. He, He didn't move over anywhere. He started his own firm, Almeida Research. So he started this firm in 2015 and shortly after he started FTX the uh, crypto exchange, okay? He basically made money with Almeida through arbitrage, okay? Something called the kimchi exchange. Let me tell you what the kimchi exchange is, okay? In Korea, notoriously, the prices of uh, cryptos were very different, Bitcoin specifically, were very different than prices from other places in the world. So he made his money by buying and selling cryptocurrency in Korea, you know, reselling it for for profit. This is, uh, hold on, I just dropped my paper. This is, this is a, this is a, this is a, it was a quant trading firm, a quant trade. A quant trading firm uses mathematical formulas to inform decisions, to drive data decisions, to drive decisions. This is a common thing on Wall Street, okay? It's called arbitrage. You could watch the movie. Is it Richard Gere? He's in the movie Arbitrage. Almeida Research was an arbitrage crypto firm. That's how he made the money. That's it. Uh, If you go to look up the kimchi trade in 2017, this is what SBF did. Google the kimchi premium. It's the difference in crypto asset prices. I'm literally reading this to you between South Korean exchanges and foreign exchanges. So Bitcoin prices in South Korea are higher than in other Western countries and in Asian nations, right? And so this 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 um, influx, deflux, whatever you call it, created the perfect opportunity for some very smart people to make a lot of money. So. They pocketed the difference. Okay. That's what they did. Now, here's here's the thing. To give you also a little idea of SBF, he was worth, what was he worth? $16 billion. He lost his fortune overnight. Why did he lose his fortune overnight? He lost his fortune overnight because Binance, which is another cryptocurrency trading firm, was going to buy FTX, right? And then they were doing their due diligence 
and they pulled out of the deal because they saw that a lot of the data didn't make sense. Binance gave um, FTX an LOI. That's a, on Wall Street. This is a letter of intent. That means it's not. That's not. It's not an actual contract. It's basically saying if everything checks out, if everything checks out, we're going to buy your firm, right? But it didn't check out. So it's a letter of intent. It's not a commitment. Okay. And this is when this is when everything started to dwindle. Why? Why? Is this such a huge deal? Because he was one of the richest people in crypto, because he was on the cover of magazines, because SBF was the second largest donor of President Biden's 2020 presidential campaign. Because when cryptocurrencies were at its all-time high, when Bitcoin was trading at 60,000, when I cashed out some Bitcoins to buy my Peloton, <laughs> what, which is true. Uh, which I should have cashed out and bought a fucking G-Wagon, but, you know, whatever, whatever. I was probably in one of these modes of trying to lose weight. Got a G-Wagon. Put a little leopard wrap on that, driving around like a real winner, okay? That's what I should have done. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Back to the story, back to the story. When cryptocurrency was at its all-time high, SBF decided, let me take my balls out. He's going to take his balls out. He's going to take out advertising all over the place. Billboards, full page advertisements in the Wall Street Journal, Formula One racing cars. He went on a tour de force. Literally, he went on press tours. He had advertising. FTX was everywhere. And FTX, the exchange, had a native token, FTT. FTT, that is its uh, symbol. If you want to look it up, on Etherscan, etherscan.io, is it .io? I think it's .io. That's where you could see all the trades with the uh, with coins. Um, I bought FTT. I sold it smartly. I bought FTT, the native coin to FTX. I bought it. I made some money. I sold it. I wasn't keeping it. I wasn't long on it. I not, but I believed in. Sam Bankman-Fried, I genuinely thought he was changing the world, okay? That's what I thought, in my opinion. Uh, FTX, Almeida Research, had so many, so, so many investors, prominent investors, Sequoia Capital, okay? Or the, 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 the biggest investors in the world, okay? Um, celebrity investors, entertainment players, banks. If you Google who was SBF's investors, who invested in Almeida, who invested in uh, FTX, you will see a name of, of people that you'll die. Now, I was going to tell you who they were, but then I decided, uh, hello, hi, a part of my career is show business. I wouldn't be doing myself a favor if I just start outing some of the biggest names, okay? So how'd they lose their money? They, how did FTX uh, started losing their money? FTX started losing their money, not only when, and I'll meet it, not only, well, well, Binance was sort of the one that called uh, called it because, the, you know, the stuff didn't work out. But when crypto prices went down, investors started wanting their money back. They wanted their money back. They wanted to get out, you know? Just like when something's going down, you might want to sell it, you know, whatever. And they couldn't pay it back, right? So they needed capital. 
they they needed capital, they needed investments, and uh, Binance was coming to the rescue. Binance was one of their biz- biggest competitors, and uh, everything went down. He was a scam artist. Okay, he scammed us, scammed everyone. People are very mad about this. And then, by the by, by the by, I heard that SPF. After, oh, and by the way, he went on Twitter. I think it was like last week. He went on Twitter and he was like, look, I fucked up. I'm sorry. I did the wrong thing. I took the company in a wrong direction. I'm really sorry. I should have done better. Great. A couple of days after, he finds $400 million. He steals the money. He flees to Argentina. Okay. This guy, he's on the fucking run. He's on the fucking run. And by the way, he had a girlfriend, uh, Caroline or Carolyn Ellison, she, they met at Jane Street when they both worked at Jane Street. And uh, he got her to come work for him at Almeida. And when he was running, um, you know, doing whatever the hell he was doing, he had his girlfriend, by the way, who was 29 years old, take over the business, make business decisions, manage, manage everything, oversee trades, oversee all the investors, oversee everything. This girl, she's very cute. If you look her up, adorable little girl, little glasses, big Harry Potter fan. She was 29 years old. 29 years old, people. Okay. She was not equipped to run a business. She did not have the knowledge as a trader. She was on a podcast a couple years ago. Oh, my God. I actually wrote it down to tell my ex-husband, to be honest, because, you know, we... We're we're both involved in this stuff. And where did I put it? I, I wrote it down and I said, oh, my God, I got to tell him. She she basically was on a podcast and she said, you know, I was working at Jane Street and I didn't know if I should leave, but I thought it would be an exciting opportunity. I really didn't feel equipped to go and, and run a company or be a, like a trader because at Jane Street, she was a junior trader for 19 months. You're a junior trader for 19 months. What do you, where do you get the chutzpah to go and leave it for the company? He's a, let's just, let's just cut to the chase. Sam Bankman Fried, you're a fucking liar. You're a scammer. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let's be serious, people. Do you think that this would happen to Italian investors? Think about that for a second. <laughs> Listen, a lot of people invest with emotion, okay? They see the big names and lights. They see the covers of magazines. They see the ads. They hear people talking and they're like, holy shit, everybody's buying a monkey JPEG. I need to get on board. They didn't do their research. They didn't do their research. If you researched FTX, if you researched Almeida, if you did your... D-Y-O-R, do your own research. And you saw that there was a girl, 29 years old, running this thing. What the hell is she? She's some kind of oracle? She's a Harry Potter fan. What are you doing? Okay. And by the way, that doesn't mean Harry Potter fans are idiots. I think Harry Potter fans are very smart. My point is, is she's a young girl. She's on podcast talking about her job at the one of the most powerful crypto firms in the world. And she's on the she's she's going around talking about Harry Potter. What the hell are you doing? All I know 
is that if somebody came knocking to some Italians, I think we'd know better. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say to you people, okay? There were scammers everywhere. There were scammers everywhere, okay? Okay, let's move on because... I, oh, let me just say this. He lost... SBF, Sam Bank of... He lost 94% of his uh, money in one day. Okay? He lost 90% of money. Everybody liked him. Everybody loved him. Ev I'm just looking everybody. Everybody. Look at this. Yeah. FTX. They raised nearly $2 billion in equity. Okay. Here we go. Sequoia Capital. Soft, soft banks. Tiger Global. BlackRock. Everybody was, was trusting this guy. And then what do you think this son of a bitch does? What do you think he does? His shit's going down. What do you say? He was, well, actually, it wasn't even my fault. It was my girlfriend, Caroline's fault. My ex-girlfriend. Oh, yeah? Your ex-girlfriend? You, oh, you, you bl oh, you're blaming it on a woman. You're blaming your failure on a woman. That's like, that, you know what that would be like? That would be like Jeff Bezos running Amazon. And when, if Amazon went down, he's blaming the wife or he's blaming the ex-wife. No, it was you. You were driving the ship at the end of the day. You're a crook. Get with it, okay? You're a crook. You're a bum. Good luck to you in the Bahamas or Argentina with your $400 million. You should pay people back, but you're not, okay? That's all I'm going to say. Because because I mean, you're lucky like La Cosa Nostra doesn't come track your ass down. Anyway, moving on, moving on. Okay, there's a new alcoholic <laughs> beverage. Hold on. Non-alcoholic, non-alcoholic beverage on the market. It's, I, I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's called a Gia Spritz, G-H-I-A. I'm saying it's Gia. I'm going to like YouTube it. I'm going to hear it's Gia and I'm going to feel terrible, but I'm going to call it Gia. It's a non-alcoholic beverage and they're calling it a festive cocktail. I read about this in New York Magazine the other day and I was like, oh, that looks so cute because I don't, you know, like I don't drink a lot. I do not drink when I go on stage. I do not drink even after. Sometimes I might have like a celebratory little sip of something, but after, but nothing, I I don't, I really don't. I'm not a big drinker. I'm not a big drinker. I don't love it. I don't love it. Um, But anyway, so this, this, this thing comes out. I'm like, oh, that's cute. Like finally something other than Martinelli's sparkling cider. Great. Let me, let me look it up. It's, uh, you go to the website. I don't know what it is, but Google Gia Spritz. A 12-pack. Guess how much they want for this? $60. Okay. You want $60 for juice? Because that that's what it sounds like. Basically, their value proposition of this company is we stripped the alcohol out of alcoholic beverages. We took a few alcoholic beverages. We, we stripped the alcohol out. We kept all the other stuff, all the other ingredients. We packaged it up put it in a nice little thing. And now you can enjoy this. You can have all the fun with alcohol, but not the attitude, not the disgusting hangover. That's like, that's basically what they're saying. So they, they have stuff in there. Let's see. They have a fig and rosemary and ginger and elderflower and yuzu. What the hell is a yuzu? What's a yuzu? It's a maroon colored drink. Okay. I could come out with maroon colored juice, put a bunch of leaves and herbs in there, put it in a can, seal it up and 
and sell it for 60 bucks too, guy. Okay, we could do it. Sounds like it's very expensive for a can of juice. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, my God. Speaking of scammers, I think this is the scanner scam episode. TV talk right now. You have to watch the show. At least watch the first couple of episodes. I'm on like episode four. It's called, uh, uh, for, uh, it's on Netflix. It's called Fortune Teller, a TV scam. I had to write down the title because I knew I was going to forget. It's about a woman named Juana Markey. Juana Markey was an 80s television presenter in Italy. The show is subtitled. The show is in Italian, okay? And it's all about this Juana Markey. The whole show is about this TV empire. She was basically a TV personality, like a QVC salesperson, like the Suzanne Summers of Italy. However, she was a scammer. I don't think Suzanne Summers is a scammer. I, I actually like Suzanne Summers, but hi, Susan. Suzanne. <laughs> Susan. Hi, Suzanne. Chrissy. Three's company. How about that? Take that, all you youngins out there. She's there like, what the? what is she talking about? What is she talking about, Three's Company? Who's Chrissy? Yeah, you don't know. Google it. Okay. Anyway, back to this. Okay. Wana Marking. Wana Marking uh, was a uh, divorced mom. And she wanted to find a way to put food on the table for her kids. And she wanted to come out. She loved, and she was a beautician. She loved makeup. She loved hair. She loved nail, like all of us. So she came out with a beauty cream, a slimming cream, a belly cream. That's what she called it, a belly cream. And she went on TV and see, she sold the shit out of it. So if you are at home and you had a beauty company, a little product that you had, and you went on TV and you sold the shit out of it, great for you. Okay. And she made tons of money. And as her daughter got older, she got a daughter involved. And then she got in trouble, but because I think the cream didn't really work. And then she started selling fortunes, numbers. For people to play the lottery. So you can, it'd be like if you called up QVC or HSN, Home Shopping Network, and they said, we're going to sell you the winning lotto ticket numbers. Buy these numbers from us for $30. We're going to give you the numbers and we're going to send you, we're going to mail you the numbers and we're going to mail you a bag of salt. And we want you to take the little salt and put it in a little cup and put it in a cupboard for seven days, like kind of prey on it. And then play those numbers at the lottery for that seven days while the salt's in the cup. That's what they did, essentially. Okay? And that's the story. But I'm not telling you necessarily to watch the show because uh, I'm not suggesting watching the show because of the scam aspect. It's because Wanamaki is a goddamn legend. You got to see this lady. First of all, she's hilarious. I mean, I I think actually, I don't know because I'm not finished with the show. I actually think she's probably a bad woman. Like, I think that she probably really did scam very innocent people, gullible people. Like, I know me, right? Like, my own self. I mean, I don't shop on television. But if it was the 80s, right? And I put in a long day at work and I made the dinner and I got the kids to bed and I'm flipping on channel 110, you know? And there's a lady like, are you tired? Are you sexed off? Are you broke? Buy my stomach cream. You'll look gorgeous and feel better. I could see myself buying it. And I could see myself being addicted almost to probably this lady on TV who I would probably feel like she was my friend. And then if she started selling fagazi shit. And I, you know, whatever. But she, she, she also, they, they had a whole way of how they scammed people. Um, they, it was a lot 
on the telephone, you know, after they, she did the TV selling, she had like a whole call center, get on the phone and sell these people and really like manipulate them. So it's an interesting story, but Juana Markey is such a character. She screams on the top of her lungs. She screams on the top of her lungs. Like, that's literally, she's like, you just got to get it. It's a true crime doc, but not about a killer. And it's about damn time. Thank you, Netflix. Can we see more true do- tra- can, can we see more true crime documentaries, Netflix, about not killers? Why are we giving airtime to all these fucking psychopaths? Why? Why? Why don't we give airtime to more crime documentaries? But how about intellectual crimes? I'm not saying this was necessarily an intellectual crime, but I want to see some highbrow true crime docs. That's all I'm saying, Netflix. Okay. Um, you know, I got so wrapped up in the Sam Bankman. I lose my notes. I lose everything. Oh my God. You know what's going on in New York City this week? I, I'm so upset. Well, and last week, I'm upset I didn't get to go. Doc NYC, it is the New York City uh, documentary film festival. Uh, you could look it up online. I think it's still going for a few days. Um, some really interesting movies. I've always loved Tribeca Film Festival. I talked about it in the past. I know some of you DM me and said you're getting tickets the next time Tribeca's around. It's like the best, you know, and there's always a Q&A with the directors and some of the actors. Da, da, da. Like I watched, um, I had I, I went to a film once and I, there was, you know, Pacino there after for a Q&A, you know, on the stage. I mean, it's amazing. I think Doc NYC, I've never been, uh, but I, I think it's the same kind of experience. You buy a ticket, a ticket package, you go bop around for two weeks to all the movie theaters and whatever film houses, see the film. And then after I think that there's a Q and a with the directors and actors and writers, just cool. Just cool. Wish I wish I went. I did not. Hopefully you did. I'm actually a little upset because next week is Thanksgiving week and my ex-husband is taking my daughters on vacation and um, to a beach location. And let me let me just say this to you, because I, I, I should have started with this, by the way, instead of started with the money stuff, the SBF stuff, because, you, you know, it gets me all crazy. But but I said to Paul, I want to take the, now my girl, let me say, my girls, I've taken them to the beach. They've been to Montauk. We've been to the Jersey Shore. We've been all over, right? Uh, I took them when it was Annie's, my older daughter's birthday a couple of years ago and the world was shut down. Uh, I took her to Florida. We went to Naples. Paul came, flew down, met us there, right? Um, I stayed with my mom and her condo in Florida. We went to Sanibel Island. We rented a boat. We did shelling. Like we had an amazing time. So my daughter's been, on vacation, of course, to beaches and that kind of thing. But she's never been to Mexico or the Caribbean. And like, I know you're like, what is your kid? Eight years old. Does she need to go to Caribbean? I know. I know what you're thinking. But here's the thing. My daughter loves the beach, loves the sand and the water. And I wanted to take her one day to somewhere great where she could see the blue, blue, blue Caribbean blue water. She saw it in Florida, but you know what I mean. So instead of like Disney or something, I, I I thought, oh, it would be so nice if I could, you know, scrape together some money and take her to the Bahamas or Turks and Caicos or whatever, whatever, whatever had the best deal. 
So that's like kind of my plan, right? And then I got this fucking guy. This fucking guy. Paul. Calls me up. A couple months ago. Oh, actually, no. He told me last year. He went on vacation. Oh, I told you. He went on vacation to Mexico with the girlfriend. (sighs) And while he was in Mexico, he had such an amazing time at his five-star, all-inclusive place. Good for you. Okay? Good for you. His eco-wellness resort. That's where he stayed. It sounded very lovely. And he always picks great places. That's I, I will give him that. He picks great places. But after he got home, he had such an amazing time with Snaggletooth over there that he, he tells me, I want to take the girls on vacation to the hotel I just got back from. This was last year. I said, you want to take my daughters to a hotel that you just came from with your girlfriend? Mm, let me answer. How about now? Uh, how about now? And he gave me a whole... F and he's like, give me a whole fucking sick. I he's like, oh, they're gonna give me a discount. I'm gonna go back. I said, Paul, you want to pay for me too? I'm happy to go. I would love to go. I'll stay in a separate room with the kids, but please. I said, first of all, I, I want to take them on a vacation like that. I want to be there. I am their mother. Last time I checked, I'm their mother. And we have fought about it for weeks. I'm a bitch. I'm terrible. How dare I not let him take them? I said, you're not taking my kids out of the country without me there. Sorry. To that kind of place. I, I let him take the kids to Wales to go visit the family. Of course. He has the kids for holidays. You know, we, we do every other holiday. Of course. But take them to Mexico for the first time to that kind of all-inclusive, whatever vacation. No. So we fought. And now I couldn't. You know, when somebody fights with you so much, you're just exhausted. You just give in. I had to give in. So he's taking them next week. He has them for Thanksgiving. And he's taking them with the girlfriend on a Caribbean vacation. And I'm so upset. But there's nothing I could do. What am I, what am I going to do? Tell me. I, I, what am I going to th- throw, a, throw a hissy fit? Stomp? I got my hairdresser, Elena. I love her. Ukrainian girl, older girl. She, I don't know. She's in her 50s, whatever. Fabulous. Divorced. Kid. Older daughter. She's a grandmother. I love her. I tell her everything. She says to me, what? She says, I, you know, I went the other day to get my roots done. She says, why do you care? She said, why do you care? He's a great father. He has a girlfriend that likes your children. He's taken them on vacation. Why do you care? Be happy that you have an ex-husband that's good to your kids that's taking them places that wants to give them experiences that 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 can afford to do that kind of thing and and it keeps them safe and yes she's right yes it could be a lot worse i could have they could have a deadbeat fucking father but i want to be there that's their first like vacation I, these are the memories okay this is life right you look back on life this is it this is life i want to be there i so so when he told me this, you know, I had to then go book another vacation, not because I'm doing tip for tat with him, but because I know they're going to come back from this trip. And I know they're going to be like, oh, my God, it was amazing. And the beach was amazing. They're going to go on and on about it forever. And I'm going to feel awful. And I really want to experience that with them. So, you know, I, I think I said a few weeks ago, Santa is bringing them all, part of their Christmas gift. Santa's bringing them a vacation and we're going next year. But I am sad. And I, I just... Thanksgiving without the kids sucks as it is. All holidays without my kids sucks as it is. But 
to 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 know that like you know I'm doing Thanksgiving. I'll be with Chris's family for Thanksgiving. My mother's doing a little Thanksgiving. I don't want to be even with my own. I don't want to even celebrate Thanksgiving without my kids. Like, that's how I feel. I literally am depressed. I'm depressed, right? I want to get a white hot chocolate mocha, load it up with whip and ice cream, sit on the couch in a Snuggie and cry for, for like a week. That's what I want to do, but I'm not doing it. I'm going to go to Chris's family. But it's depressing. Anyway, that's that. Okay, moving on. Let's stop. Let's stop. Cut the shit. Okay, let's let's cut the sad shit. The the product of the day is the cutest website that I found. Oh my god, it's because <laughs> no one wanted saw it. It's a stick of butter glass ornament. A stick of butter glass ornament and seventeen dollars. And the website is alwaysfits.com. Check it out. It's the website is the cutest stuff. I like literally bookmarked a million pages because I'm going to go boy, you know, for Christmas. Okay. Quote of the day, Mary Beth Keene, we repeat what we don't repair. Work on yourselves, people. And Sam, how about Sam Bankman-Fried? How about next business you go and don't fraud, don't don't scam the friggin' world, okay? So I'm going to say, okay. I'm Elise DeLucci. This is episode 123. This is Crazy Effing Mommy. I love you for listening. Please, Give me a uh, a review on um what the fuck is that? This is that when you're a mother, your brain just disappears. <laughs> Apple Podcast. Can you tell your friends to follow me on Instagram? I know how annoying this is. I know. Tell them to mute my post. What the hell do I care? I'm working on it. I'm working on people. Okay. I I I I I need to get on the road. I need to do more show. You know, on my own. We need a girls' night out. That's all I'm saying, right, ladies? All these men. How about we do a ladies comedy show? So I'm saying, I'm Elise DeLucci. Love to love you, baby. Mm-hmm.